Hey, it's Greg. Thanks for checking out the Toronto Today podcast for Thursday, September the 8th. Well, obviously a lot of talk about the arrest of Miles Sanderson and his subsequent passing away. You may have been exactly like I was yesterday, seeing he was arrested, anticipating uh, hearings and a trial and a sentencing and victim testimony. And then a few hours later, you come back to the story and he's passed away. So what happened? I think we have a right to know. I think we have a right to ask questions. We might know eventually, but there's always the fear that we might not. Stephen Marr will join me and talk about that. He wrote an interesting column about the future of the RCMP and policing based on not just Port of Peak, Nova Scotia, but what's happened in Saskatchewan. You can hear that chat right now. Compelled by the coverage of the RCMP news conference, this happened may have happened in two layers for you the same way it did for me in that you found out Miles Sanderson was arrested. Maybe you went and did your own thing for a couple hours. I'm at my kid's soccer game. Three hours later, you find out, wait, he's dead. Like I saw a video of him in handcuffs being put into a police car. Um, so a police SUV out in rural Saskatchewan. So what happened after that? Um, we've got uh, RCMP commissioner, um, it's uh, Rebecca Blackmore, uh, Rhonda Blackmore, rather, and she said this about what developed. Police officers surrounded the vehicle and through verbal identification confirmed the identity of the driver to be Miles Sanderson. He was arrested by police and taken into custody. A knife was located inside the vehicle. The emergency alert was cancelled at 3.50 p.m. once his identity was confirmed and he had been taken into police custody. Shortly after his arrest, he went into medical distress. Nearby, EMS were called by police to attend the scene, and he was transported to a hospital in Saskatoon. He was pronounced deceased at the hospital. Okay, this just leaves a lot of gaps. It just leaves a lot of gaps, and it leaves for speculation here, and that brings up the role of the RCMP. I'm very pleased to be joined uh, by Canadian journalists. He's written several books you can find on Amazon as well, Stephen Marr. Stephen, it's great to have you on. Um, I'm a big fan of your work. You had a lot of the same thoughts on social media that I had last night, that yes, of course, there's a pro process here, and there'll be an autopsy and a coroner involved, but to know so little when the story looked like it was going one way and then it took a complete 180 is naturally going to leave people asking questions. Yes, well, and the RCMP doesn't like answering questions. Uh, I, I've um, spent a lot of time uh, over the last couple of years covering the uh, horrible tragedy in Portapec, Nova Scotia, where 22 people were killed. And this has followed uh, a similar pattern in that there are questions raised about whether the RCMP uh, did what a, you would expect a competent police force to do to warn people and keep them safe. And uh, they just have a cultural disinclination to answer questions, to share information with the public. Uh, they have a secretive culture. And uh, again, with uh, the death of the suspect, as was the case in Portapic. And... Yeah, yeah, it's one of those scenarios where Portapic was, it looks like there were more alerts over the weekend in Saskatchewan. It looked like the public was better informed. They couldn't have been worse informed in Nova Scotia two and a half years ago. But the subsequent reaction to this, and even the death of, of Miles' brother Damien, there's a lot of, like, like why will we all of a sudden get a box unopened six months from now when a lot of our attentions moved on? That's not good enough for the people of Saskatchewan who've lived in terror the last four four days. It's not. 
No, I, I agree. And I, I think the, the RCMP doesn't like to change the way it does things. They have a process whereby they won't uh, discuss the cause of death until a medical examiner has uh, determined what that is. I believe that a modern police force uh, should be able to say officers believe that he died from X cause, mm-hmm. right? So we don't know whether they tased him to death as they did Robert Deskansky in Vancouver airport um, some years ago, uh, whether he overdosed on drugs, whether he succumbed to, to, uh, to wounds, uh, whether he stabbed himself. Uh, and the idea that that we're just going to have to wait until some process gives us the answer later, uh, that may be how the RCMP wants to do it. But, um, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, I think it's sensible to question them. Steve Maher is our guest on Toronto Today on 640 Toronto. And, and I, I've had listeners all morning, um, you know, kind of question this and say, well, who cares how he died? The guy went on a killing spree with a knife and I stopped them, you know, politely, respectfully and say, wait a minute. How do you know that? How do you know those details about the about the 11 people that are dead? Why don't they just why didn't they stand there Monday and say 11 people are dead? And the media says, how did they die? We can't say, well, that wouldn't be good enough either for for our community and, and for our citizens. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. The, the uh, what I have observed in Portapic is that they they hoard information and it often hurts people. It leads to speculation. It leads to conspiracy theories and it leads to uh, the, the families of victims not getting the answers that they really require to have closure. Um, you know, you can imagine the poor people up there in that little community. Yeah. Lost, uh, you know, just like in Puerto Rico overnight, 10% of the people in the community are gone, right? The, 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 the kind of trauma that those people are going through, the RCMP can tell them now uh, what happened, and they, and they don't want to. How much of this needs to be reframed? You made the point yesterday, you know, don't just pin this all on the RCMP. They're a government body. They're a bureaucratic arm that, that's meant to accomplish uh, actual material things under government control. But they aren't like the Toronto police and they're not like the Ottawa police. What changes it? What what government will come in, make an election issue of the RCMP and say, we're going to overhaul this. I don't know how popular that would be, but it's it feels like a lot of people are suggesting it's a long time coming. Well, I had a column at iPolitics yesterday on this very mm. subject, and uh, I've been—I thought that the Liberals were likely going to make changes to the RCMP in 2015 when Justin Trudeau got elected. Ralph Goodale, who'd been burned by the Mounties in the uh, election campaign of 2006, I won't get into the details about that, but I thought he was going to do it. He didn't. Uh, the the uh, most police forces in. Um, uh, modern countries have uh, civilian oversight in a way that the RCMP does not. Uh, the RCMP does have a review body, uh, but that's after the fact. And the, the leader of that review body said in t- 2017 in a report that the RCMP refuses to change. There are stacks of reports, all of which say the same thing, that the RCMP will not cannot change. It has this 
very powerful culture, very powerful tradition, and uh, it, it's uh, it's up to the uh, to the government to force it to change, and they won't. I'm pressed for time, and I got about 40 seconds, but you responded to a tweet, and it's something I hadn't thought of, but you agreed with the tweet, and this person wrote to you, a police chief of a major city or commissioner of the OPP should probably be the next RCMP commissioner. This person writes there's too much internal rot in the RCMP, and if you're going to reform it, you probably can't have somebody that owes favors to anybody or came up through the ranks. No, exactly. You need somebody from outside the organization, Uh, and... Uh, I'll be blunt, the current commissioner, nobody that I talk to has any confidence in her and the liberals appointed her and they own this situation. Yeah. And it's, uh, I was going to say it's shocking. She hasn't resigned. The problem is it isn't shocking. (laughs) It isn't shocking in where we're at right now. Hey, Stephen, I really appreciate you making time uh, for the show. And and like I said, I love your read here on iPolitics.ca for your latest column. Thanks so much for this. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. You bet.